Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we will be discussing Star Wars The Last Jedi in depth. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how you doing? I am very tired. How are you doing? I am all right. Uh, I always am a little on edge when I have to like do this the old-fashioned way, which we are, by the way. And hopefully you can't tell. Hopefully the audio quality is just fine. But I am back in Florida, so we're doing this, again, old school. So, again, if it is bad, I apologize. But it always kind of makes me a little nervous because there's like a couple more things I have to do and keep track of. But I'm okay. Yeah, man, sounds good. Sounds good to be home. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely excited to be talking about more Star Wars, uh, because if you've been following me on social media the past couple of days, um, I have been very, um, I, I guess the word, I don't know, how would you word it, passionate? <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've been very, you've been very, uh, you've been very mad. You've been dying to talk about this. Yeah. Um, definitely, and you even sent me a, like, for those of you guys who, who don't know, Carlos even wrote a, a post about it on our website. Yeah. So, check it out. Yes, I did, um, write something about it, and I'll be using a lot of that as the basis of, um, a lot of what we're going to be talking about, but we're talking about Star Wars, and I think we talked about this on the last episode that we were going to have Jesse on. And, I mean, who else are we going to have on to talk about Star Wars, especially when we get into the nitty-gritty of it all? So let's introduce Jesse. Jesse, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Doing really well. Uh, a little frustrated at my own technical difficulties. Uh, <laughs> so sorry if my audio quality is not working very well, because I can't use my nice mic that I bought for the podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, but doing Sorry. well. Sorry about that, Justin. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those days. I guess um, something doesn't want us talking about Star Wars today. Maybe it's all the fanboys conspiring against us. But let's get into it. And, of course, this is the spoiler review, if you didn't notice. So we're going to be talking pretty in-depth about this movie. If you have not seen it, you might want to go see it. Then come back and listen to this episode. This is your warning. We're going to be spoiling this movie, so you've been warned. All right, well, let's get into it. And how do you guys want to do this? Do you want to kind of walk our way through the movie and address things as they come up? Or do you want to kind of get right to it and start talking about the areas of contention about this movie? What do you want to do? I think we should we should just start off again uh, just, just uh, with our favorite parts of the movie. And then uh, once we get to negatives, I feel that's when we can get into debates or discussions about what is wrong or what fans felt was wrong with the film. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with Jesse then, because we, everybody's heard our thoughts already, um, you, Ozzy and myself, of course, because we did a spoiler-free review. So, Jesse, what were your thoughts on this movie? Uh, you know, I really, really loved this movie. I... It has not been. It has been a very long time since I have just kind of sat forward in my seat, uh, aghast at what was happening on screen. So surprised at all the twists and turns that were happening in the movie. I mean, obviously we didn't know all the details in The Force Awakens. 
We didn't know all the details in Rogue One, but both of those, uh, especially Rogue One, you could you knew what was, you kind of knew what was going to happen, and this one just threw me for a loop. So just jumping in straight from the start, kind of with we had hit a hard reset in this movie yes. of resetting everything that was going on in the galaxy. But um, kind of try to work my way back to your question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my some of my favorite parts of this movie were definitely the uh, fight with the Praetorian guards after Snoke is killed. Yes, um, that was amazing possibly one of my favorite lightsaber battles that we've had just because it was so gruesome and grim compared to what we've seen before and uh another one of my favorite parts was the uh the supremacy and all the other star destroyers getting sliced in half by uh vice admiral haldo's suicide run to kind of give the resistance time to make it to the planet i mean that was amazing. The silence that just came with that scene was beautiful as far as sound design goes. We oh, don't clearly. get enough silence. Yeah. Do not get enough silence in movies these days. That was just so shocking. The whole theater just kind of went dead, except for one guy that <laughs> said, wow, it got quiet. But it was those two were some of my favorite moments, two of my two moments that I think will live on in Star Wars history for a long time. And mm -hmm. I think those are just a lot of people's, some of people's favorite moments throughout the film. Anyway, like they, those are popular moments. Oh yeah. Uh, that moment of silence that you talked about right after she goes into light speed and like cuts the uh, Snoke's ship in half or whatever. That moment is one of, in my opinion, two very small but probably perfect directorial choices. Um, now, of course, that's just one moment, but in that moment, I think it was exactly the right thing to do. You cut to silence. You let us sit with what just happened because it was so startling. And then also another small directorial choice that I absolutely loved in this movie was when we're seeing Luke, right, and he's facing down everything and he's about to face kylo we zoom in on the feet of both kylo and of luke and if you notice and i've watched this movie three times now if you notice on this planet on crate when you move your feet the the salt kind of wipes away and you see the red that's underneath the salt and you mm -hmm. see that especially with kylo's feet with luke's feet you don't you need he doesn't leave footprints and that's just a small choice. And that, that entire sequence, especially the more you think about it, it really works because there's so many things telling you subconsciously that there is something wrong with what is happening. Luke has a blue lightsaber instead of his green lightsaber. Luke, he looks clean cut. There's no footprints. There's something off this entire time. And then, but for some reason, and I'll talk about why, but for some reason it is still absolutely shocking when they reveal that he's projecting himself there. Uh, yeah, I I definitely noticed that with the footprints. Yeah. I I couldn't remember exactly after the first shot, first viewing of it, but then when I watched it again, I actually made a point to look for that. Mm -hmm. Like the the second viewing was less about me and me being able to sit back and enjoy it, and me actually just looking for things mm -hmm. to like confirm suspicions and stuff like that. And I definitely noticed that, and that was beautifully done, I think, because he they made such a big point of making sure you can see footprints for literally everything else. Yeah. So. 
anyway. It was a great choice. Um, Ozzy, let's talk. I mean, we were, we had to dance around everything in the spoiler-free review, and it's really hard to review a movie like this or any other big blockbuster movie that nobody wants spoiled um, when we can't talk about it in depth. So let's talk about it in depth. What were some of your highlights of this movie now that we can actually get into it? I think my favorite part of the entire film was when Ray and um, Ray and Kylo were basically facing off against uh, Snoke's men in his chambers. It was just one of the those scenes. It wasn't like your classic lightsaber fight. I mean, this fight was very gritty, mm-hmm. felt very real. Um, it was honestly the best. Like, I absolutely loved that scene where they, where they were just fighting together. And again, I mean, I absolutely love Adam Driver in this film. He is just very excellent in his role here, and you still see him very conflicted. And you, and you know, I just got done watching The Force Awakens, and I, I have to say, I, I enjoyed this this performance that he gave in this movie was was much better than in The Force Awakens. I I absolutely loved Adam Driver's performance as Kylo Ren. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, you could see he was conflicted, and you could also tell that since since Snoke really gave them that mental connection, uh, that connection through the Force, you could tell that he cared about her, and he he didn't want to he didn't want to hurt her um, for a moment, and it was really I was really conflicted about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also really liked how he had a connection in the Force. I think that was one of the. I think that's one of that's one of the things I actually liked about Ryan Johnson's uh, take on on Star Wars is that we got we got to see different parts of how the Force can be used, and I really liked this one in particular, how these two were connected through the Force. I really enjoyed that. Um, I agree. And again, and again, we also got we kind of mirrored that through uh, with Luke and Leia. I, I absolutely love that scene where where Luke and Leia are together and they're and they're talking. I, I really did like that scene. Yeah, well, you brought up the Force and how it's used in this movie, and that is something I didn't get to bring up in my article that I wrote on the website, but I really do want to talk about that, because people are, like, kind of mocking it and being like, oh, it's Force time, and, like, it's like, all right, yeah, just clever name there, but come on. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> what do people want? Like, you you know, we see these movies, and, like, basically every movie, if you think about it, basically every movie, a new kind of element of the Force is introduced. So why is this one being mocked? I don't really understand. <laughs> like, wait, wait, Which uh, aspect of the Force are they mocking here, even? The, I mean, well, they're saying Force time, like, oh, they can see each other and they're talking. That's dumb. It's like, well, number one, they are not really doing it. Snoke was doing it. But number two, it's not any different from what Vader and Luke do at the end of Empire when they're on different ships and basically talking to each other. Like, there's, it's no different. And then, of course, the projection thing. I think people are a little less ma- mad at that for some reason, even though it's kind of a bigger feat. But it's, I think it's, they're less mad because it was awesome, and I don't think there's anybody that did that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the projection thing has plenty of roots in Legends. I mean, it's got like two, two or three different things that have happened that have shown aspects of that in one way or another mm-hmm. of being able to do that of not actually being there and then i mean the whole like them connecting over space okay so we have described in almost every movie from the from a new hope onward 
that the the force is what binds the entire galaxy together. <laughs> so why point. wouldn't you be able to just kind of connect two of those threads for a few minutes? Oh my god! To be able to yeah. talk to each other, like it's, it just doesn't make any sense. But yeah. anyway, it doesn't make any sense to be mad at that. Like it was a great plot device. It you provided a lot of character development. So what's yeah. the problem? And one subtle thing they did with that was they're kind of warming you up. They're kind of with the force time, quote unquote thing where they're talking to each other and seeing each other. They're kind of warming you up for the projection thing because, and it warms you up for the idea of you can transport matter over, um, over kind of the force or through the force, I guess you could say, because when they're doing that, the second time they're talking, Kylo wipes the water from his face. So water transported from wherever Ray was from the planet where Luke was on to Kylo, which warms you up for the idea and kind of gets you ready for that kind of trickery at the end when Luke hands Leia the dice. So you think, oh, he's definitely there. But the movie has already told you that matter can be transported through the force. So it was again. I just really like how that everything kind of built in on built on each other in this movie. So yeah, uh, that yeah that that was a really cool aspect of it too, and it did add to their characters. But let's talk about the throne room scene. Both of you have brought it up, so let's let's just get into it. And this will lead us into one of the complaints that I mentioned in um, my article type thing. And that's the whole Snoke issue. But first of all, that was an awesome scene. I know there's some people a little upset that we didn't get, like, a actual lightsaber battle. And technically we didn't. But uh, that scene more than makes up for, up for it for me, at least. Um, it. I've said this, like, multiple times at this point. But what makes that scene really work is the fact that you believe, you genuinely believe that anything is possible by the mo- by that moment in the movie. Like, because the entire movie is subverting your expectations. Like, what's... We've been spending so much time worrying about, like, what's Luke going to say? What's all... Like, what's going to happen when he gets the lightsaber and he tosses it over his shoulder? Not what you expect. How many times have we seen something where the rebellious kind of pilot disobeys commands and comes up with his own plan and does it and succeeds and he's right and everything? Well, Poe comes up with his own plan, but he fails and he is dead wrong in his plan and what he thought of his leader. So the entire movie is training you to not be ready or to not know what's going to happen. It's trying to put you off balance and not know what to expect. And then in that moment, you don't. I mean, especially after Kylo kills Snoke. It's just like nobody saw that coming. It just happens, and you're just like, what though? What in the world? And it's followed by that epic shot, of, that slow-mo shot of Rey and Kylo preparing to fight. And it's just a great moment. And then it's followed by, even after that, even after the fight, she, you're thinking, okay, and even Rey is thinking... Oh, he's on her side. We're good to go. And then he reaches his hand out and says what he says. And you don't know, like, what's going to happen. And I want to also touch on, like, what you brought up, Ozzy, where they're connected. And I think what connects them is the fact that they're both relatively balanced. They both lean in definitely a specific direction. But they both have shades of the light and the dark. I mean, Ray goes into that pit that Luke specifically says is the dark side because she thinks there's answers there. 
Ben is definitely, definitely conflicted, and he feels the pull of the light, and they both see it in each other and want to draw it out of each other. I really love all of that aspect of it. And I think the end of the throne room scene, which is by far, in my opinion, the best sequence of the movie, it really comes to fruition for me. But um, what do you guys think of that, that sequence, why it worked? And then obviously we can get into the whole Snoke situation that a lot of people are upset about. Um, you know, I just want to back up for a second and yeah. point out that you used the term the pull of the light. We've never used that before in Star Wars. It's always been the pull of the dark side. Like the light side is supposed to be what's natural, and then we they feel the pull of the dark side. That they're flipping this whole thing on its head, and I love that mm-hmm. because that's definitely where Ray is still sitting, our main protagonist. But Kylo is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Luke points out that his his bloodline and his just his thoughts as a child were from the dark side mm-hmm. and he now today feels the pull of the light and fights it so it, it, we're just flipping everything on its head and actually seeing balance in the force as it goes out and i have a whole lot that i i could talk about this on but i think i'm going to save it for a youtube video but <laughs> basically good call basically though um that sequence just works so well because it mimics so many things we've seen before while adding so many new shades mm-hmm. in there. Definitely. We're seeing things, seeing familiar tropes, familiar themes, but executed in a way that we don't expect and coming to fruition in a way that we don't expect. The last movie was criticized so much because it had too much similarity to A New Hope. Well, this one, we have a Return of the Jedi style scene, uh, but instead of making Kylo just another Vader that's going to serve his master up to the point where he doesn't anymore. He turns the tables and becomes the master. Mm-hmm. The thing that Vader could never actually accomplish, but desired Kylo succeeds in. Kylo doesn't have to look to his bloodline anymore. He doesn't have to look to the past anymore. He can just move forward on his own with doing something that has not been done in star Wars history yet. In canon Star Wars history, at least. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just that's it's just that scene is part of the reason this movie breathes new life into whatever is going to happen next. We, it, like you said, it left us already expect, not knowing. Like that was the final nail in the coffin of, okay, I don't know what's going to happen anymore. Anything can happen, and that that was just so unique and uh, to me, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, Ozzy, do you want to kind of get into this whole Snoke debate? I mean, the thing is, the thing is, um, like I said, I just got done watching the the Force Awakens, and mm-hmm. I will agree with you to this sense. They don't mention like it's not really setting up for any mystery um, of of who Snoke is. I mean, all you know is that he's the supreme leader, but I don't think that, from what I gathered, I mean. It wasn't this huge thing to find out who he was. It was mainly audience speculation, which, again, I mean, that's what I'll agree with you with. We didn't get much about him. All we knew was that um, he seduced he seduced Kylo Ren to the dark side. That's all that we really knew. Yeah. Nothing majorly like that. So I, I don't really... I mean, again, I understand. I mean, I understand how it could be so disappointing to some fans because they want to, you know, they... One of the biggest demands in, in this era is... 
villains have to have like a reason like they have like we want to like this whole history of the villains and stuff like that I understand to an extent why that somebody would be disappointed to see that to see an end so quickly to an answer that they're probably never going to get but i mean i mean I, it was fine it, yeah. i mean i was i was fine with him dying um if that was if that was the outcome that that was supposed to happen with with kylo ren yeah, because the thing that makes it where I just don't understand the... Fr- I get the frustration to a certain point, but it's like, if you care that much about this franchise, then you're also most likely reading the books and stuff like that. So you're probably going to get an answer down the line anyway. So if you really, really wanted it, you're going to get it at some point. And, exactly. but if we, you just look at it... Yeah, and if you just look ahead, at it sorry. from the movie point of view... I mean, in a way, Snoke was a red herring, but also he was also kind of just there to add to Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is, at this point, we can assert Kylo Ren, he is the villain of this story, right? So he Snoke was just a stepping stone. That's all he was in, for the purposes of this, in, this story in particular. That's it. So, again, I get the frustration to a certain point, but it's like, if you are one of those fans who cares that much about finding out, look, you're going to find out at some point. Like, come, calm down. I don't I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> but, Jesse, what were you saying? Yeah. I was just kind of referring back to the article that you wrote. Uh, I mean, in the article, you're, you kind of referenced back to a conversation me and you had, like, immediately after the movie, or texting back and forth, uh, of... Okay, we, we're, everybody's looking to Snoke, wanting his origins, wanting to know why he did what he did. Well, we didn't have any of those answers back in the original trilogy with the Emperor. Yep. <laughs> and people keep keep referring back to, well, they should have saved him till Episode Nine, so that to be more of a powerful figure. Well, why? That would be basically copying the original trilogy, which you already said the the Last Jedi did too much of. Um, <laughs> So now that we change it up, you don't like it. And also, <laughs> we didn't have all this information about the Emperor. No, they never even mentioned the Emperor's name beyond Emperor. We did, The only reason that we knew his name was Palpatine was because of the Kenner toy line. The same, with, same thing with the Ewoks, actually. They never mentioned the name Ewok or Palpatine in the original trilogy. Those were just named with the toy line by mm. Kenner. So we didn't have any of that origin any of the reasoning until we got the prequel trilogy later on. That's what added depth to his character. As bad as those can be at times, that's what added depth to a lot of the original trilogy. So obviously they're going to go back and give Snoke some some sort of background story, whether it's in like spread out through a bunch of short stories or a bunch of novels or just one novel called Snoke, which is probably what they're going to do I can with that. the yeah. whole track record right now with Tarkin and Thrawn. So, <laughs> I could see I mean, Snoke. I can see Snoke being Jar Jar Binks. Hundred percent see. Hundred percent see. Hundred percent see. Hundred percent see. Okay, because oh I'm hearing everything. I'm hearing that he was like a thousand years old. Whatever, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. Hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Everybody wanted him dead. 
Here we go. He's dead. <laughs> we already have his death Boom. in canon. It's fine. He died drunk as a beggar on the streets of Naboo. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, we've, we've mentioned this kind of, I think everything can kind of sprout out from this whole uh, throne room scene because it was where a lot of this stuff went down. But we talked about Kylo and Rey and their relationship, but right before, or no, it's right after, isn't it? That throne room scene, we get the reveal. And this, I think, might be an area of contention with me and Ozzy. I, I don't know. I think when we talked about it earlier, it seemed like this might be a sticking point. But I don't know. But the issue of her parents. Settle the dispute. It's going to be a dispute. Yeah. Um, look, I've made my stance known on this. Before even this movie came out, back when The Force Awakens came out, I said this. And... Up, leading up until this movie, I said this. In my interpretation, I don't think The Force Awakens makes that big of a deal of her parents. It, that I think might that might be the area of disagreement between me and Ozzy, and we'll get there. But I can understand why people were this one more than Snoke. I can understand why people are really looking for this answer. But as I have said in that article in particular, I really, really am satisfied with this answer of it's nobody. Number one, because that's ultimately one of the main themes of the movie. It's that the force is for everyone and her being no one, it, that just reinforces it. And it's really an important thematic element of this movie. And this whole idea of she needs to have like some much like she I, I read i read a comment today that literally drove me insane um what the that it doesn't make any bleeping sense for her not to be a skywalker that's that's an absurd line of thinking and i really don't understand it even if you take that logic and follow it right you, where you we talk we talk about this family line it, the skywalkers are so important Really, there's only two generations of them now, kind of three with Ben Solo, but there's two generations of them. There's Luke, who is the son of Anakin, fair, okay? There, there's a family line that, that proves it, right? But Anakin is the son of some random slave on Tatooine who the Force randomly, for no known reason at least that I know of, maybe Jesse has an answer, chose yeah. just to be just to be the mother of the quote-unquote chosen one. Like, who is anybody asking who are Shmi's parents? She couldn't have just been randomly, like, she couldn't have just been chosen for no reason. Nobody, Nobody's asking that because nobody cares because it's not important. It's the same freaking thing with Rey. It do, it's not important. She's just Rey. <laughs> like, I don't, I really, really am strong on this point, but Ozzy, you obviously have a different point of view. I mean, yeah, because look, like I said, I mean, I I just got done watching the other movie, and th like, look, I agree with some of what you just said. Like, that's great that the Force chose her. I think that's awesome. And I agree with everything that you just said when it when it comes to when it comes to um when it comes to her, you know, being chosen by the Force. You know, basically, because I remember we had a phone call conversation. It was like it basically says like you don't need to you, you don't need to be born from like like from royalty basically to have the Force. Like you, yeah. anybody can have it. Um, anybody can, anybody can be a Jedi, anybody can do it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's nice. I get it. That's nice. Um, but rewatching the first one and then rewatching this movie, um, she's, she's, you know, we care for Ray and Ray wants to see her parents. Ray wants to, Ray, 
Her whole her whole thing is, in the first one is she's she's been waiting for her parents for a long time. She's even forgotten what they look like. So me, as me being someone who who cares about her, me being someone who wants who who like I want to see her parents. I want to at least see what they look like because I feel like as an audience member, I deserve that. That's a part of her core. That's how we were introduced to her, and especially going into this one, like there is a scene where she even where she's like, "Show me my parents." Like I don't like I don't necessarily like I I'm not necessarily mad that she's not born from anyone special. I'm just disappointed that we didn't even get like a like like a face or anything. Like that's just for me that's just disappointing as an audience member because you've been setting that you've instilled that that that's in her core that the, she wants to know who she like where she comes from who are like who's her mom who's her dad. So me as an audience member I want to see that. I at least got to see that with Anakin in the prequels. When I was a kid and I saw that, I was like, okay, I know who his mom is. That's great. That's cool. That's nice. She's nobody like, she's not from, she's a slave, but I know who she is and I get it. So that's why, like for me, that's why I'm upset. I didn't get to see that at all. Just to be told that, oh, they're nobody, that they're, they're just sold. Okay, great. That's awesome. But like, I, I never got to see them. Never. That's why I'm upset. I wish I would have saw them. Interesting. So, um, basically, okay, I can see how there is an argument out there that Kylo is lying about this, Ugh, and I, I can that. see that. Ugh, but yeah, I, I can guess. see that possibly being true, but I I don't think it is, and I don't think it's important that we have to see his parents. Okay, so uh, all right, yeah, that is an I will uh, that is a very important uh, part of Ray's character. That uh, yes, agreed. She was wanting her her parents, but okay, now that the question is answered that people were like that wanted of okay so who were her parents well they were nobody so why do we have to see them okay if we go back to okay something is but old the is, thing is but the thing Peter is Pan. they're not okay hold on hold on hold on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> my bad my bad my bad all right all right all right just speak my piece <laughs> I, I was just actually like reaching out right now, like I was trying to like calm you down, like you were across the table from me. So, um, anyway. Okay, all right, I'm sorry, Dusty. Go. <laughs> no, you're good. I just like realized how animated I just got. But anyway, um, okay, look back at Peter Pan. Peter Pan is so confused by the concept of parents, and then he starts to wonder, well, do I have parents? Well, of course you have parents, Peter. Well, I wonder who they were, but. Nobody ever asked then, well, who were they? Why didn't we ever see them? Why don't we have a flashback to his memories of them when he starts to try to remember? So why would we need that here with Star Wars? Why do we feel like we're entitled to seeing them at this point? Why do we feel like we're entitled to losing some of the imagination that could go across this? We want to be spoofed at every, every little detail nowadays and don't want to come up with anything on our own. And, I mean, we've already seen that seen that with the last movie where everybody was like well snoke has to be someone no he doesn't he's a plot device he's a stepping stone why why does he have to be any more than that like sure we'll eventually get details on it sure we'll probably end up after all the backlash getting some sort of flashback comic book of ray finally remembering what her parents look like but what does that really have to do with anything if they're nobody they're nobody why do we have to see them Anyway, that's, because that's somebody because it's somebody to her. That's why it, they're not nobody to her. She that they're those are her parents. Right. That's why they're somebody. That's like that's that's they're not no they're just not nobody to her. So I care. <laughs> For me, it's like I want to meet. Like I want to see who they are because like she cared about them. They just left her there. And yeah, there could like I I could see that I could see him saying like yeah. Um, 
I could see it being like like he lied to her about them like selling her off or something. But I don't think I don't think um I think it'd be like a really waste if they actually just go back flat out it, said yeah. that he Yeah. But I could I wish that he would twist the lie like he would twist the truth a little bit. Like that they were you know? alive still maybe, but they're nobody. Alive. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I like that. that. They're nobody or that like, you know, they didn't or they had to leave her there for some reason. Whatever. Um that I can that I can deal with. I, I just don't like that. the fact that yeah, that that that's fine. Um I'm fine with them just being regular people. That's great. That's absolutely fine. But for me when you're like going to like when you're going to introduce a character that that's a part of who they are that's been a part of like their core since the beginning hell yeah i want to see them like i'm not gonna go up to like i'm not i'm not asking questions about bruce banner's parents because not he hasn't brought it up (laughs) he's like it's never brought up in the mcu like about his parents or dr strange or any of these characters that don't have relationships with their parents it's not brought up it's not a part of their core as for tony stark um you know, uh, some other like like Thor and stuff like that. Like we we care about knowing who their parents are, yeah, because they're they're great or whatever. But also because it's a part of who they are. Tony Stark cares about his mother. Thor cares about his mother and his father. Like it's 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 stuff like that. So that's why I would like to see who her parents are. She cares about them so much. So I want to see them. I want to see at least a bit of their relationship, in, like as it was in the past. At least a bit. Um, I mean, I. I would have I would have taken a scene of that over over like the pacing in this movie because the pacing in this movie was bad. Yeah, I will hundred percent say and I, that. And I do want to yeah. I do want to say that. Uh, and I wrote this at the very top of the article that I wrote was there are legitimate problems with this movie, and I there's no way really around that. I do have issues with this movie. It's just there's certain arguments that I can't get behind, and you have taken a different spin on it, Ozzy, and I appreciate that actually because. Yeah. And, and I will say this with, in regards to what you're saying. I agree with you in terms of The Force Awakens. In The Force Awakens, it is definitely like her parents and waiting for her family to come back for her. That's a major part of her character. But The, the Last Jedi, and I think this is almost like, I, I know we praise this movie for kind of not giving a crap about fan theories. But I think, and this is what I was worried about, fan theories kind of... The fact that there were so many theories about Ray's parents influenced the writing of this movie in this way. I think that they were well aware that everyone was very concerned for some reason about who her parents are and she's got to be a Skywalker, all this different stuff. So they decided to flip it around and not make it that so, so she just wants her parents to come back or she wants to see her family again. But in this movie, they kind of change it so it's she wants to... She she believes that she needs to fit this story somehow. She has seen how powerful she is. And she asks, I, I believe she asks Luke, if I'm not mistaken, she asks, I need someone to show me my place in all of this. And Kylo then basically has the answer to that when he says, you're no one. You don't have a place in this story. So in this movie, they do change it around so it's not just... She wants to see her parents again. She wants them to come back. All this stuff. In this movie, they change it so that it's... I want my parents to be somebody so I can have a reason to be here. I can fit in. And then they give you give us the answer. So, But I, I, I get what you're saying in regards to The Force Awakens. I definitely do. So, um, One comparison I would actually kind of make, and then we can move on, is... 
actually Peter Parker in Spider-Man, like in just as a gen- in general when it comes to Peter, we're not really shown his uh, we're rarely ever shown his actual parents. They just start off dead. Now, obviously, that's a core part of his character is the fact that his parents are dead, as with a lot of superheroes. But we don't really see that. Now, obviously, it shifts because it's with Ben. Um, but I, I, I just I find it interesting that we never see his parents at all. And I, I think that he is an interesting kind of comparison in regards to Ray as a character. And it is also kind of interesting because... In like Amazing Spider-Man Two or whatever, and then whatever comic it's based on, they tried to make it so that his parents were like spies or something, and that's dumb. Like nobody liked that because it's just like, why does he need spies or parents? He's just freaking Peter Parker, and he gets bit by a spider. So I would make, and I know you're not saying this, but to all the people who are still like they want her to have special parents, like that that's the comparison i would make like why that kind of devalues ray as a character it just means that she's special because she has special parents not because she is herself but i did appreciate all that to say i did appreciate the different spin you took to that argument ozzy yeah ozzy i i, I gotta commend you on that too yeah, I, 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 I mean, I... go for it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's because I, I rewatched The Force Awakens. I, I texted Carlos and I, hey, I want to rewatch The Force Awakens. I, I want to know. I want to confirm. This is what I'm going to argue. I know you said that they really didn't bring up the and didn't really bring up the mystery of Snook again. And I was like, okay, like I want to see just so I, I have a foundation to base my arguments on and whatever. Um, and yeah, I rewatched The Force Awakens, and I also I'm glad that I actually had that phone call with you because you know I, I was like, okay, so I had a kind of a different mindset on certain things. Um, so yeah, I mean, for the most part, I, I do like this. I do like the, the last Jedi. There are some things I don't like, like I, I did not, I still do not like the fact that Leia used the force to come back on the ship. I, that to me is, I don't understand that. I mean, whatever. Um, I, I like the idea. Then, I just don't like how it's executed, but yeah. I, yeah. No. Like actually seeing Leia use the force on screen was pretty, was nice, but like the whole like weird, like floaty, bait and switch thing was kind of it's, weird I th- I and, th- and also there's no acknowledgement to anyone else who died that's true <laughs> like exactly. Ak- akbar like, dies and we never like <laughs> but yeah like we never we never got anything from anybody and then she just floats back and i was just like i would have way preferred to see the force use force in some other capacity i, I think it's the pose I, I really think it's the pose like i know everybody compares it to like superman and batman v superman i think that's a little harsh but i get the idea because it's like he's reaching out and it's the same thing but um yeah and i don't and i don't mean to and i don't mean to crap on, on carrie fisher either i mean she's amazing in this movie i just don't i just do not like the i just don't like how her character like i just don't like how we saw fair that enough. particular way again i think it's fair thing. yeah um, um, and I also just, just, I just want to mention one thing. I mean, this is one major problem I do have with the, with this movie. I don't really feel in peril until like probably the third act, which I find, which I find like a very huge deal because we're like, we're just, they're just hauling it for basically two hours in, in this ship. So I really didn't find any, I, I personally didn't feel in danger cause they just kept going. And they kept getting shot at. So I was just... I mean, for me, I really didn't feel in peril at all. Um, I, that, to me, like, because it didn't feel gritty every time I went back on the ship. I just felt 
that there was a mutiny on because of obviously because of the impending danger. But I mean, it was a new chain of command. You did ha- you did have the hotshot uh, pilot arguing with all his commanders. I mean that was great and everything. That was nice, but I just didn't really feel the threat impending threat. That's interesting. Um, that kind of goes to the story structure, and I know there's some complaints about that. Uh, I, I still think that this movie, as much as, again, I really don't think you can say that this movie is basically ripping off everything else. If you break it down to the structure, it's basically Empire with a little bit of hints of Jedi. <laughs> it's just this. Um, it, you know, we have them running away from the Empire-type figure, obviously. It's First Order in this case. And then we have Ray off training, like that's Empire. And then, but we also get a throne room type scene, so it's interesting. But um, you want to talk? All right, you want to talk about the Canto Bite sequence with Finn and Rose, or do you want to go to Luke? Let's go to Canto Bite. Right. Um, <laughs> that is my minus my issues with uh, a little too much humor in the first half. Canto Bite is probably my least favorite part of the movie. Hmm. Just because it feels, I, I enjoyed the concept of it, but it just felt very, very rushed. Um, there's not really like, okay, yeah, sure, we have to go there, find the slicer, whatever. The, the, the code breaker, that's mm-hmm. what they call them, the code breaker. They get they get us onto the ship. Um, I love Benicio del Toro's. Um, I do too. Character about character character by the way, I really liked him, but. Um, the the scene itself the the whole that whole sequence itself is just kind of it's really rushed it's like hey you need we need another cantina sort of scene where we have all these different aliens uh let's throw that in real fast and uh have there's some story reason to go there i would have much preferred it if it was just kind of like rose and finn have to run off to do a jailbreak like okay the codebreaker they're wanting is dj benicio del toro's uh, character and they just got to go break him out of a uh, out of a jail cell somewhere. I think that would have been a lot more fitting rather than go to the casino, wander around, get a whole bunch of new aliens in, and then some BS reason to get arrested and break him break out of jail from there. That was just a a big loop that wasn't quite necessary to me. So yeah. <laughs> um. This is, uh, yeah, I, I I think this scene, my problem with it is just uh, this whole sequence. I just think it's a little too long. Honestly, I, I think it kind of drags a little bit where we spend a little mm-hmm. bit too much time kind of voicing the themes of what's going on instead of actually like just showing it to us. Um, yeah, I think maybe that's what I mean. Instead of like, I kept saying rushed, but yeah. uh, that if you're going to do this, it needed to be a a longer portion of the movie rather than this short little snippet and taking this long time to do this. Yeah. To do this. Yeah. You know, like it, it should have been its own main plot in a different movie. It seemed like to me. And this is also where I will give in to this idea of kind of the plot goes around in circles because in this, in just this with this sequence uh, overall, I don't think that's the, that's an issue, but with this sequence, they go here, they're looking for someone in particular and they don't find him. So, like, it's almost like you can say, what was the point of us going there? It was pointless. Because they don't even get what they're looking for. Again, I think that's them trying to keep you off balance. Because I really do think that they're just trying to keep you off balance and not knowing what to expect. But at the same time, for story-wise, it's a little 
it's iffy. Um, but I will kind of to I do want to quote something that Pablo Hidalgo, who if you know who Pablo Hidalgo is, or if you don't know who Pablo Hidalgo is, he's basically Twitter's Star Wars expert. He is on the storyboard with Lucasfilm. He is heavily involved with everything Star Wars. And what he said is, if something doesn't seem on the surface to move the plot forward, try looking that looking at what it might be doing for, to the character. Example, Luke rushes off to save his friends in Empire Strikes Back only to need rescuing himself and further endangering his friends. It's, yes. Does the plot in that sequence go around in circles and not really accomplish anything? Absolutely. But I think that sequence is important for what it's doing for Finn because I, I really do think Finn's character progresses a lot in this movie. And I think yeah, that I sequence... Yeah, I care about him now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't like Finn before, now I do. And I think that sequence has a lot to do with it. And then also thematically, I would argue, without that sequence, we don't get the important, very important, small thematic note that this movie ends on with this random kid who was inspired by Finn and Rose picking up the broom with his force apparently powers and wielding it like a lightsaber, right? We, that's an important note for this movie thematically. I don't think it's going to add up any to, any, to anything story-wise, again, unless it's like a comic book or a book or something. But I do think thematically it was important, and we don't get that note without this Canto Bite sequence. So, I don't know. I'm very torn on that sequence, but I do think that that's a fair area to... Co- to criticize the movie. But Ozzy, you've been quiet. What did you think of that sequence? The, the Canton Pilot sequence? Um, the Casino Planet. Yeah. Casino Planet. I, it just felt so tacked on, honestly, and I couldn't care for it because we have all this other stuff going on. Um, again, which is one of the reasons why I really did not feel like I was in danger. They had time to go to Canton Pilot, go to jail, stay in jail for however long they stayed in jail for, have you know have this escape and then get back on it and then steal a ship and get back on i mean it just felt again it just felt like they had time to do all the stuff and that's it took away from the momentum of feeling that peril for me i guess that's when fair. it comes yeah. to when it comes to it i mean it, they had all this time i mean and then they were talking about it and everything and i was like i don't care just stop can you just get the get the the code break or whatever the hell he, he's called and let's let's just go continue on because it, it really didn't care for it it really did not care for it whatsoever all right um well one last thing i do want to say in regards to this sequence is something that does kind of bother me and it's it is a negative kind of scene in the movie for me is something that i referred to or i heard someone refer to it as the video game cutscene. And I completely agree, especially after hearing it described as that, is when Maz is telling them about the person they need to go find. (laughs) It is very much a video game cutscene where she's like giving them their mission and like saying, this is who you need to find. He'll be wearing this, this and this. Um, It's very much just feels like a video game cutscene. So it's that that scene does not work for me, really. The the best part about that scene really is the humor in that moment, because Maz makes a very interesting joke about her relationship with this codebreaker. But then also, there's a little jab in there at the prequels, if you notice. <laughs> because at the very beginning of that sequence, they're like, Maz, where are you? And she's like, it's a union dispute. You don't want to hear about it. It was a funny was little, great. just a small little, because everybody complains about the politics of the prequels. I personally don't have a problem with it. I find them interesting. But um, that's 
moment was pretty funny to me. So, uh, and I've never actually thought about that. Uh, the um, I, I did notice like, like that's kind of weird that she had time to have this little graphic of what kind of flower he's wearing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's shooting at these people. <laughs> But I had not thought about it as a video cutscene, and that's exactly what that is. It's a video game scene. <laughs> it just is. It's, it doesn't it really work. Is. <laughs> it, and, and, and I will say that I, I admire Ryan Johnson as a director and as an overall arcing director, or writer especially. Um, I think he is, does very well at writing overall themes and going in-depth into a lot of its characters. But there's a lot of small moments in the script that are very strange and that's definitely one of them the kiss with rose and finn is another one and then also i think this is more of directing than writing but you can also argue the carrie fisher floating in space moment is also written kind of strangely as well so there's a little there's a couple of scenes here and there where i'm like i wish somebody I, I, would have polished it up a little bit i but. wish somebody would have worked on the relationship between finn and um rose because i thought I thought Finn was trying to have a romantic freaking relationship with um I think he still is. I think he still is. Honestly, I think I don't we're know. Well, I don't know. It, watch the kiss. The kiss, he does not kiss her back. He is shocked. Okay, but okay, but it kind of looks like it kind of looks like they're setting up two two romances. I agree. This is the first Yeah, I don't time. I don't need a love triangle in uh, my Star Wars. This is the first Exactly, because it's like the first time that that Oscar Isaac's Poe meets Ray, and then they're like smiling at each other. A little spicy, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, geez, I'm like, this is not what I was expecting. Like, this is gonna be a love at all because. (laughs) I think I think it's what the hell? Like, like these two, these two were supposed to be together, and now you're like setting. Now you get too scared on that, so now you're trying to set up. Freaking um, Poe with Ray, and then Finn with Rose. It just it doesn't make any sense, hey. especially because it, it doesn't make any sense because she just met Finn, and she's just like. You could also ma- you could make the exact same argument with him. Finn and, and Ray. I was like, though. So you love him? <laughs> no, but they've been through so much more. What? What? Okay, you know, you know that, that okay, doesn't okay, make okay, any okay, sense. Okay. <laughs> no, I, uh, no. I, I'm, I'm going to make an argument right now. Okay, go for, for Raylo. <laughs> I'm not against that okay. either. So. Ky- Kylo and Ray have had this this intimate connection throughout <laughs> this entire movie. Both of them are a little are are lean one way, but have a little hint of the other as far as the Force goes. So they will balance each other out very well, and could, they could rule the galaxy together very uh, very efficiently. I think. See, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be mad at that. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't even either. Be mad at that because they they have a lot in common. But I will not accept Rose and and Finn. I can't do it. Okay, uh, J- JJ, if you are listening to this, J- Mr. Abrams. Call us. Yeah. Okay. Call we Ozzy, we'll, we can we can argue about the whole Finn <laughs> thing and who he like has more of a connection with or deserves to have more of a connection with later because I think that's a very small element of this. But I, I definitely Look, I think he has more of a connection with Ray. Okay? But yeah, so much more. <laughs> we'll 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 debate um, this Ray, another Ray, time. Ray, Ray got cut in the back for for fucking. Oh. Finn. Uh, Finn got cut in the back for for Ray. Okay. Let's let's be real. Come on now. And Rose almost sacrificed herself to save Finn. So I, she's being, she's being, that was stupid. Okay, <laughs> moving on. One thing I do want to to cap off this whole romance uh, discussion, I do want to say, what if, or I do want to propose this idea. What if it's kind of what if Ryan Johnson knows he's not very good at writing 
romance and writing like who should be with who so he basically just set up everybody to be with everybody and said all right jj you pick <laughs> because it's that's kind of what that. it seemed like because like you're right there like we get that very very kind of small moment with poe and ray we get these intense intimate conversations with ray and kylo we get finn and rose we get finn and ray we get all of these moments in this movie and it's like i don't know what this movie wants me to think is about to happen which again maybe they're just trying to keep us off balance yeah, not was, knowing what's going to happen other, but <laughs> yeah they give each other a long hug i was yeah. like i was like dude she's back hey look all, <laughs> the last thing i'll say and this is really the last thing in regards to this it could have been worse. We could have gotten that whole thing that everybody wanted with Finn and Poe. So, like, at least we got out of here without a Finn and Poe situation. But let's move on. Uh, let's talk about Luke. Uh, Jesse, I'm really curious to hear your response to a lot of this criticism of Luke and his character and all this, stu- all this stuff. And wh- what were your immediate reactions even to even the first scene we see with Luke when he tosses the saber over his shoulder. Okay. I don't understand what there is to be critical of (laughs) Luke. Luke has always been one, the largest critic of himself. He gets a big head about certain things, gets knocked back down into his place and then burrows down deeper than what his place is to put himself lower than where he actually deserves. That's a constant cycle with Luke throughout the original trilogy. So why wouldn't that be the case here? He got a, he had everything going okay, got a big head, started a temple, had took on too much, had a moment of weakness, got knocked back down. So then he takes it to the extreme of running away and being isolated. He was already kind of sarcastic and jokey. He is a very self-critical. So he's full of anger and doubt about all these things. So when he's offered his father's old lightsaber that he lost all this time ago, offered the chance to begin again, he doesn't want any part of it. He doesn't want to see the galaxy burn again because of what he did. He's already seen a temple burn. He's already seen all of his friends burn. So why would he want to see to start the cycle that he himself has experienced over and over again go again? Yeah, I, I agree. I think... I honestly think people, number one, I mean, just as an overall point, I think people romanticize the original trilogy and act like they're the greatest movies of all time. They're not. They're very flawed. I would argue that the least flawed is definitely Empire, but they're they're overall very flawed. And you could say the exact same thing about Luke. Luke is a flawed, flawed character and person. And people romanticize him. And that's a point that this movie makes is that – and he even says, like, you don't really want Luke. Like, Luke is a legend. Like, I became a legend. And, yes, he became a legend. And what happens with legends? They become romanticized. They leave out the dirty parts. They leave out the bad areas, right? You know, we pretend that all the bad stuff didn't happen. Exactly. We pretend all that stuff didn't happen, right? But they did. Luke is a flawed person. And also, I, can I just say that I loved how sarcastic Luke was throughout this movie. Agreed. He like it's all of it. I feel like that was just kind of Yoda rubbing off on. Yes. Him. Like, yes. You know, throughout, throughout the movie, whenever Ray physically reaches out and he starts messing with her, my fiance immediately leaned over to me and said, "That seems like that seems like Yoda." 
That's a Yoda and, moment. Of course, yeah. we, we get Yoda later, <laughs> and he's super sarcastic with Luke and smacks him with his walking stick. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it just kind of shows that he's become a lot like his mentor, even while carry on, carrying on his own flaws. Mm-hmm. He, he still has all his flaws, but he has his mentor's strengths. And even some of their flaws. Yoda's flaws are that he is sarcastic and kind of condescending a lot of times. And Luke has gotten the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ozzy, what did you think of Luke in this movie? Um, I mean, he was, I mean, he was all right. I mean, I don't really, <laughs> I mean, I don't you really... don't have the same attachment to some of these original trilogy characters that we yeah, do. Yeah, I so. mean, the only one that I really, uh, I mean, I really cared about, honestly, I mean, I cared about him. Don't get me wrong. I just, um... I mean, I thought he was. I mean, I thought he was good. I mean, Chris Tuttman said this was the best performance that Mark Hamill has given. I don't know if I'd go that far. I have to see the original. Clearly, that again. was uh, Fire, Fire Lord Ozai was his best performance. I mean, vo- yeah, if we're talking vocal performances, it's <laughs> different. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, he said this is his best performance as Luke. Um, I was like, I mean, I mean, maybe I'd see the movie again. I don't know. I'd see the the original trilogy again. But I mean, I I mean, I'm not really. I mean, again, I mean, cause you're right. I mean, I'm not really attached to to this character. So like, when everybody's telling me is like, he's not the same guy he was. I'm like, uh, I mean, I mean, one, years. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking like natural. I'm just like, don't people change after long? Exactly. Um, exactly. I know. I have. I know. I'll eat my greens now, and I know when I was five, I was like, ill. Um, things happen, man. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Like, People change over time. I mean, look. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. Do you think you're gonna have the same exact personality you had when, when in 30 years? Like, no. no every, I feel, people I feel change. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm genuinely. Yeah. Like I might like some of the same stuff or whatever, but I'm gonna be different. Like, I'm not gonna stay up until one in the morning. I changed. <laughs> Yeah. Like, are you going to get mad at me? Like, people, like, I had, like, you know how many times people are just, like, people, and that's annoying because it's, it's something in society that people will continue to say. You know how many times people have told me, like, you're not the same guy you snow? I'm like, yeah, I know I'm not. We <laughs> we talked two years ago. Stuff happens. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, same concept. It's been 30 years for this man, yeah. and not only has it just been 30 years, but he's had very traumatic things happen to him. Of course he's going to be different. He's not going to be the same guy. Yeah. Duh. Okay. Ozzy, what about, or I guess this is more towards Jesse, but either one of you can answer. Um, What about the idea that, and I heard this today as well, like, Luke is the, this is the guy who fought tooth and nail to turn Vader from the dark side and didn't have a doubt that his that that Vader had light still left in him and then at the first sign of darkness in Ben he he decides to ignite his lightsaber and even if he regrets it he still made that decision and it's less like I don't know. What do you think of that criticism like uh, well I mean he never doubted Vader so why did he doubt Ben so quickly? I would back up and say, like, <clears throat> this wasn't the first sign of darkness in Ben. He saw the signs of darkness in Ben, and he said that it got worse until the point he decided to look inside Ben's mind and saw darkness like he had never seen. Even Except more than Invader, yeah. More than Vader, more than the Emperor, even. He, had, he hadn't encountered this kind of darkness before. That's why he was repulsed. That's good, yeah. He, it was just, like he said, it was the briefest, moment of instinct to light that lightsaber again which fits luke so well 
because Luke is so yeah. rash and he makes emotional decisions all the time, which he's not supposed to, but he does. I mean, Luke has always exactly. been like that. Exactly. So it's not like he as soon like as soon as he lit it, he looked back down. And he was like, "Oh man, what the heck was I just thinking?" <laughs> but then it's too late. Yeah. Kylo's already seen it, or Ben's already seen it by that point. But anyway, it's it, it wasn't. Yeah, that's my thinking on it, at least. All right. Good. Good. Re- I like that response. I like it. All right. Um, is there anything else in particular you guys want to talk about? Um, the only other uh, one thing, thing that I d- yeah go for it. didn't notice in the first showing that I did in the second uh, when Yoda tells uh, Luke that there is nothing in that tree that uh, Ray, that the girl yep. Ray doesn't already possess. Uh, at first, I thought he was talking about like, oh, he already has that wisdom. No, she stole the books. Yeah, she has the books. That's what that's what, that's what Yoda was saying. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that until the second playthrough. I thought I was like, playthrough. Oh my gosh, uh, I've been playing too many video games. Mm-hmm. Um, the second viewing, <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was a really yeah. kind of funny moment. Looking back, but I, I definitely didn't see that at first. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, I want to ask you about or ask you guys about the themes of this movie and. If the movie sticks by them. This is something that I've been thinking about a lot in the past day or so. Because the movie basically has a theme of letting go of the past and kind of moving on and all this stuff, right? And almost letting go of nostalgia if you want to look at it from a meta point of view. But then in the end, like, Luke basically says that he's not going to be the last Jedi, implying Rey is. Or Rey's going to be a Jedi. So she, we're not letting go of the past. It almost kind of betrays the overall theme of the movie. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out exactly if it wavers or if it's kind of just putting a different twist on it or if it's just trying to, it's again... It's putting, super- a different, it's putting a different twist on it from my point of view because okay. she basically kind of accepts the fact that, you know... Uh, she doesn't have to. She doesn't like. She's gonna stop basically trying to find out who her parents were. You know, mm-hmm. She's gonna accept. The, she's gonna accept it that they're a mystery, whatever, and she's gonna move on with her life. Uh, she doesn't have to. She's she's gonna try to move forward without worrying. You know, she already has her family. She already has family. Oh, Leia, um, Chewbacca, and you know whatever whatever's left of the resistance. Like that's her family. That's what she's gonna move forward with. That's what she's chosen. As for um. That's where I'd say, like, Kyler Ren. Kyler Ren's, like, letting... He's trying to kill every point of the light in him. So that he's, like, he's just trying to face off everybody who's trying to basically make, make him see the light. And I don't know how they're going to execute this in the third film because, um, you know, rest, rest her soul, but Carrie Fisher's not going to be there anymore. Um, he's basically, take, he's basically, basically, like, the people who were big influences on him are on our, you know, and one of his influences on, on him was was Luke, and Luke did die um, in this film. Spoiler review, you guys. <laughs> so sorry. Um, <laughs> I think he's gonna be a force yeah. ghost, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I oh, do yeah. think he's gonna be a force ghost, but yeah, I mean, I, that's what I that's what I think as of as in like you know, let the past die, kill yeah. it, yeah. and I think that's what he is doing, and I think that's what she. I think ultimately, like she's killing off. I think Ray, at least, is also killing off, um, you know, Jakku, like, you know, yeah. leaving her past behind and moving forward with the Resistance. Yeah. Um, last thing with Luke, 
his death was beautiful. And if you think it was anticlimactic, I question what movie you were watching because I really loved what it was. And I hate when people are um, simplifying it to like, uh, you know, he just he got too tired or he ran out of force batteries or something like that. It's that's ridiculous. And you're missing the entire point of his death. He became one with the force. After, after basically the same circumstances as Obi Wan's death, which he faced the pupil that he ultimately failed and helped to create this monster, he finally faces it, and then he passes after he does what he needs to do. He fulfilled his purpose, which is basically what Ray even says to Leia. So the whole thing was beautiful, and I love the twin sun scene and all of that. It's it's come on. Come on, people. Stop being idiots. That's what I have to say to wrap up the Luke discussion. Um, is there anything else, Ozzy? Uh, Jesse brought up his kind of last thing that he wanted to talk about. Nothing? Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Nothing for me, man. I mean, All right. This is a pretty in-depth spoiler review. Oh, yeah. <laughs> debate. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I pretty much said all I need to say about this, yeah. this movie. Yeah, and again, I don't think it's perfect. My score has gone up just a little bit, but not too, too much. I think it's a solidly great film. I really do believe that, especially if you look at it thematically and all of that. But it's definitely flawed. It, it is, and um, I, I really, I do still have issues with it. I don't, unlike Jesse, I don't think that there was necessarily too much humor in the movie. But I think the humorous moments go a beat too long. I, I don't have a problem with the Poe and um, Hux opening scene, but it just lasts a little too long. Like, the joke kind of runs dry and they keep going, you know? that That's more my issue with it. But, uh, yeah, that's that's what I got. Uh, do you guys... you guys done? You want to sign out? Yeah, yeah, man, let's sign out. Um, Carlos, I think I have some recommendations today. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> This is episode a Star Wars own. only episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right, Jesse, where can people find you in social media? Uh, you can find me at Twitter, at Colonel Swink. Oh, fantastic. Carlos, where can people find you? Twitter and Instagram, at Cherry456. And all over social media, all at ScreenFellows, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel, and of course our website, which we referenced multiple times because I did write something on there. So go check that out and uh, share it because more people need to not be idiots. 100% agree with that. 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, Gotta stop being idiots. People grow up, people change, and people don't need to have special parents to be special. Oh Remember yeah, that. and one last Remember thing. That. One last thing. Remember that next time you want to get a promotion, next time I want to get a promotion, I'll be like, "Who's your dad?" Yeah. Oh, uh, he just is a teacher. <laughs> you can't get it. Remember that. Remember that. <laughs> uh, one last thing, though. This fan base is driving me slightly insane, and I I know there's pushback to like, oh, people who like the movie shouldn't hate on people who didn't like the movie, and that that's true. Do, don't crap on people just because they didn't like the movie. If they didn't like the movie for legitimate reasons, then do not crap on them. But also, the negative side of this fan base with this movie in particular, I would contend, has been far worse. Um, we have had a petition saying that this movie needs to be erased from canon, which is silly, and I thought that was the low point. But if you ever want to see the actual low point of how bad fanboys can actually be, go on Wikipedia and look up the editing history of the character of Rose. 
there is some absolutely disgusting and frankly racist and sexist things that people are writing on that character's wiki page on Wikipedia, and it is disturbing. So, grow up. If you didn't like the movie, that is completely fine. You have every right not to like the movie, even if it's for stupid reasons. But stop tweeting at people who made the movie. Stop tweeting at Ryan Johnson. Even on his birthday, which was a couple days ago, people are tweeting at him that he ruined their childhood, that he's a horrible person and a horrible writer. Grow up. That's what I have to say, and that's what we'll end on. Sorry, it's not a high, high note. Yeah, I mean, guys, come on. Uh, it's not... It's not... Uh, yes... There's issues with the movie, but you as a fan asked for this, and you asked for things to be different, and it is different. Um, grow up, and I, I don't think that shooting negative comments toward anybody in this film is this is, is a way to get stuff done or a way to get, be hard. If you just be respectful. At the end of the day, this is somebody who tried to please you. Um, if that's not the case, that's fine, but... Don't be a douche about it. At the end of the day, he is a person. He does have a heart. And um, everybody on this film does have a heart. I mean, I'm pretty sure they work their butts off to make this film perfect. And you can just tell it by how it just visually looks, by the acting, just by the cinematography, the sound, everything. You can just tell these people worked hard to make this movie perfect for the audience. And unfortunately, for 46% of you, it it did not reach the bar. Um, I mean, that's fine. Just... Don't be disrespectful. It's very. It's just. It's not how you get stuff handled. But on a higher note, you guys can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Castro Ozzy, and you guys can find me. Um, if you guys want to recommend anything, um, any movies, any TV shows, anything like that, please feel free to email me at ozzy.castro at screenfellas dot com. It's been a really deep episode. And very, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, we got into it. But all right. Uh, guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. I swear, if you guys tweet me anything mean, we're going to have some issues. Um, please feel free. Feel, uh, please feel free. So sorry about that. Feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Please review the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Also, check us out on the website. Check us out on YouTube. Guys, this is Screen Fellas.